Okay, here we go. Let's talk about Tyler Bierman. Now Tyler rides dirt bikes. He's got about eight X Games medals. He also arguably has the best whip on a dirt bike, in my opinion. And he absolutely loves snowboarding. So he makes some incredible parallels between riding snowboards and riding moto. One of them being injuries. This dude has broken everything in his body multiple times, crazy setbacks, and his rehab process is truly inspiring. He talks about it in this episode quite a bit. He also is the guy that you see going about 80 feet out on the quarter pipes on dirt bikes. And he compared that to Turye at the Arctic Challenge. So it was fun talking to somebody from a completely different world that was in so many ways so similar. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Before we dive into the interview, I want to let you guys know that on bombhold.com we have all kinds of merch stocked up. We got hoodies, t-shirts, stickers, great presents for the holidays. Get yourself a present at bombhold.com. If you enjoy the podcast, don't be afraid to share it on Instagram. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Tyler Bierman, here we go. You are listening to the Bombhole. It's going to be very hot. It's going to be very uncomfortable for everybody. I'm going to slide down in big hills. You know what I mean? On a big, nice burgundy snowboard. <laughs> okay, here we go. Another week, another bombhole. Welcome to the bombhole presented by Solomon Snowboards. Stony Buds, how we doing today, man? I'm good, dog. Okay, well, I am happy to introduce, we got TB Tyler Bierman in the booth today. How we doing, Tyler? Doing great, man. Stoked to be here. Uh, heading back from my month in Kansas doing the Red Bull Imagination Project I just did. So, stoked to break the drive up a little bit. Stopped in Denver yesterday and couldn't be more stoked to be here because I've been a huge fan of yours forever and I know you love Moto too and... He told me that you were also a huge fan of me, so stoked, stoked well, to be here. Yeah, we are uh, so happy to have you on the show. And so our audiences, a lot of them are snowboarders. So for the snowboarders who are unfamiliar, <clears throat> let me restart. For the snowboarders that are unfamiliar with TB, he's a former motocross racer. He won Loretta at a young age. Uh, now he's kind of more of a freestyle moto guy, does biggest whip, does the highest air on the quarter pipe, if you've seen those guys go 500 feet in the air, that's him. He's got, I believe, eight X Games medals and, uh, yeah, absolute ripper on a motorcycle. So um, one thing that's going to be great about this convo, TB, is that Stony Buds uh, actually refers to dirt bikes as motor bikes he has in the past. <laughs> so you're talking to an audience of laymans. I'm a fan as of yesterday. Epic. Thanks. <laughs> Definitely hyped. <laughs> It, it was cool, kind of, we met in Vegas um, back in the day for Monster Monster Cup. or yeah, Monster Cup, yep. And I remember, you you know, you were talking about how you're into snowboarding and, and kind of what got in got you into snowboarding and, and I know you're super into it, so. Yeah, um, I think, well, obviously where I grew up, I grew up in Central California. There's the closest mountains were super far away, and uh, I was so into moto, and that's pretty much we put all of our money into that. So it's pretty expensive to get a snowboard set up too and then drive all that way and get a lift ticket and stuff. So I never really did it until 2010. I moved to Southern California, and then at the time I rode for DC Moto Team, and then they hooked me up with uh, a snow setup. So then I started going to Big Bear and picked it up pretty quickly, and yeah, I just loved it ever since. I've 
I've missed a lot of winners since then because I've had shit since 2010. I've had four ACL reconstructions, two femurs, foot. So I've missed a lot of snowboarding time. But we were just talking about it earlier, and snowboarding is one of those things that uh, it's just like moto for me. Like when I'm riding moto, I'm not thinking about anything else. I'm just, you know, in the groove. And uh, snowboarding is the only other action sport or thing that I've done that that is basically keeps me in that same mindset of just doing what I'm doing in the in the present moment you know so um yeah I love snowboarding I haven't been able to do it as much as I want to just because when it's when it's raining it's the dirt's good and usually when it's raining it's snowing in the hills so it's like you know you got to pick and choose but I try to get a few good days that I can every winter and uh yeah just try to get back on it this winter I've the last two where I was hurt so I missed the last two years so stoked to get back out there well, let, let's talk about that, those injuries, because a lot of snowboarders, you know, you'll hear them say, oh, I've, I've got three ACLs or I've done my shoulders, and they think they're, like, banged up, but that is nothing compared to a motocrosser's body, right? Yeah, I mean, you can, I could speak for any moto guy, and we all have had a laundry list of injuries. Um, on Just on my right leg, I've had... They've completely shattered my foot. I've had four ACLs on my right knee, two femurs. One of them compounded, came through the skin. Um, and then, you know, you got the whole upper body stuff too. So multiple wrists, like arms, uh, collarbone, shoulders, a lot of concussions. <laughs> I feel but like with that list, you would never snowboard again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So that was the thing. When I started snowboarding, I had already had one ACL surgery the first one I had was in 2009 so um the first time I started snowboarding I've always pretty much just snowboarded with my braces just because I guess it's maybe just a comfort thing smart move I think yeah you know you're a little restricted for sure but uh I've just always snowboarded with knee braces just because I don't have good knees so um I currently don't have an ACL in my right knee too so I tore it a few years ago and I just you know, I've done four and gotten four surgeries and torn them right, right again. So I just said, "Fuck it." <laughs> I'm just gonna you don't need it. them. Honestly, like wearing a knee brace, and as long as your knee, like your legs around it, are pretty strong, you don't really need them. I know there's like professional guys like Ricky Carmichael that won a bunch of outdoor titles and stuff for outdoor motocross, and he he won them with no ACL too. So I think it's just on the back end how much work you put in, and you're not doing a lot of cutting and stuff you're more just up and down so there is times where you know you'll be if I'm snowboarding without a brace and I go to like turn like hit just right it'll it feels like a noodle a little bit but it's to the point where I've done it so many times that when it does get loose and want to pop out it doesn't it's not like extremely painful so yeah on a a moto your knees are more linear almost like suspension where you're on a snowboard your knees are going all different types of directions yeah exactly a little bit more risk. That's why I was always a knee brace guy. Well, I wanted to talk about your recovery because going through all those fucking injuries, I know Haley was on here. She talked about how she saw you in the Red Bull rehab zone. Yep. So let's talk about that mentality, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, like to come back from those ones, it, it can, there's some dark times associated with that. Right? Oh man. It's uh the highest of the highs when you, you, you achieve a goal and then it's the lowest of the lows when you, you know, you get stuck on the couch like that. It was hard when I was racing because I went through so many ACL surgeries and stuff like that. And I was still just trying to get back to where I was. And the whole time I was on the couch, you're seeing these kids 
they're progressing quickly and they're figuring out how the bikes work better and better and, and your bodies and, and all that stuff. And it's the biggest part was the mental game coming back to the racing and trying to line up and you look down the line and you're like, well, there's 15 factory dudes on the line. Like I'm putting myself in 16th place already, you know? So just that mental game was, was really challenging. And then, um, yeah, just having to push through it. But more often than not every single time that I've gotten hurt I've been so motivated to get back on the bike and I've sat there and studied it and studied it and just did everything I can to just keep my head in the right place for it that when I come back I usually tend to feel like I'm riding better than where I left off which is you know it's hit and miss sometimes better than others but um it's it's an uphill battle for sure just to try to you know, get back to where you were and then that feeling and then trying to, you know, keep yourself in one piece because every time you fall, you're in the back of your mind like, oh, I have I don't have an ACL, I have a bad ankle, I have all this stuff. So um, it gets tough at times, but that's where, uh, that's where you just don't give up, man. That's kind of cool, like, hearing that from your perspective, the not giving up because I know you're a third-generation or third-generation moto family, right? Yep like your grandpa, your dad, and then you pursued racing for a long time and it didn't necessarily like, you know, you didn't get a factory ride or anything like that. Yep. And then, so it seems like, you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you appreciate everything you've, you've got because you've had to work for it. Right. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. And where, where I grew up in central California, there wasn't a lot of tracks and stuff like that. So we'd always have to travel to either Northern California or Southern California and, everything that I've ever gotten, like I've always gotten by with just having one bike and just figuring it out. You know, it's more of just a run what you brung. So I've always constantly had to work for the next step, you know, so it made me appreciate that. And then winning a couple amateur nationals, I was like about to turn pro and thought I was going to get a bunch of support and I didn't. So then, you know, I just had to figure it out, just had to figure out how to make it work. And I think having all those injuries was a huge blessing in disguise for me because every time I would come back from an injury, I would just, it would be raining or something and tracks were too, too wet to ride. So we just go to the hills where there's a bunch of transition. We just go shovel up jumps, kind of like how you guys in the back country go, you know, shovel up a, a snow jump or whatever. It's the same thing. So every time I would come back from these injuries, I would just, go film and have so much fun filming and riding with my homies, you know? And then it would come to like race day and it's like you always end up doing better on those weeks of racing after having fun all week. So then I got to the point like, you know, I'm making a little bit of money. Like I'm spending every dime that I have and that I'm making to get to the next race. And that's just taking the fun out of it for me completely. Just, just spent me, you know? Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I just started filming a lot and then things just started to fall into place and then, uh, got a few deals just to kind of, you know, I was still racing for fun, but this, the deals to just like go out and film and have fun and just do what I do. You know, fortunately I was in the time of social media coming up. So it was, you know, giving people what they wanted to see and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, it got to the point where you know, I realized that I'm having fun and I'm making this money. Like why go spend it to just not have fun, you know? So it's kind of led me into where I am now. It's like signing with Red Bull a few years ago and it's just all these 
video projects that I've always wanted to do that I've never had the the platform to do it and stuff like that. So um, it was a blessing in disguise getting hurt like I did because it made me appreciate what I do and why I do it. And if I'm not having fun, then I'm not going to do it because that's the only reason why I ride a dirt bike is to have fun. What kind of money does it cost to chase these contests? So if you're racing. Or races, I mean. Yeah, if you're going to a race, right, and <clears throat> I would – to relate it to snowboard terms, it like a racer towards like I'm not necessarily like you mentioned it in the intro, like a freestyle motocrosser. I don't do tricks, so I'm not technically like a freestyler. I'm like a free rider is what I put myself in. It would basically be like a slope contest guy to a backcountry snowboarder. It's basically mm-hmm. the difference there. So um, these guys going and making bare none to make it to the next race, it's $350 an entry. It's $150 for five gallons of gas. If you want your family to come, it's $50 a guest pass. And then, like, you know, it just compounds from there. You know, you got to pay for your hotels, all that. And then you make 800 bucks to make a a main event, you know. A night show, you're basically making your, your entry back. But then if you make the main event, then you're like, you're barely breaking even, you know? Wow. So, if but you there's win, a, do you get, there's a big disconnect there between like the top five dudes are making good money. The guys that are on teams and their bonus programs and all that, they're, they're making good money, but it drops off significantly from like fifth to 20th. If you're not first, you're last. Exactly. And they, Ricky so, so they have Ricky Booby. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And they, they have like what's called privateers, which are guys kind of paying their own way with small sponsors. And then you have your big, you know, Monster Energy Kawasaki, <laughs> which brings me to a funny story I've heard about. Um, Mitch Payton is the guy who basically runs the 250 class lights for Monster Energy Kawasaki, the, the heavyweight in the factory. Mm-hmm. 250 teams. And when, uh, what happened when you won Loretta Lynn's? Yeah. <laughs> Funny story. So I, you know, like he was saying, there's the privateers. I was full privateer guy always, never really had support from a manufacturer. So I won Loretta's and, you know, I was thinking I'm going to get support. I did good at these other amateur nationals throughout the year. And at the end of the year, I was, like, trying to figure out, like, if I could if I could get a ride or whatever. And and a friend of mine, which is Twitch's mechanic, actually, at the time, he had given me Mitch Payton's number. And Mitch is, like, a tough cookie, you know? Like, the way to win Mitch over is you bring a 30-pack of Coors Light into his office and you <laughs> sit down and you shoot him straight, you know? He's that kind of guy. So, uh, anyways, he, Eric, the mechanic at the time, gave me his number and was like, Oh, just, just call him. Just tell him you just want to wear his title and you want to ride a bike. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like sitting there like, no, no, like nervous kid, you know, I'm like 18 or something. I was like, no way, like no way, you know? And then I was like, all right, fuck it. Like picked up the phones, like dialed his number and called and it like rang and rang and rang and rang forever. And like, Oh, I was about to hang up. And then all of a sudden he just picks up the phone. Hello, this is Mitch. And I was just like, oh, oh, you know, like, uh, Mitch, what's up, man? Was, uh, my name's Tyler Behrman, and I just, I run, I just won a Loretta's title, and I'm about to turn pro, and I just, I heard you guys had a couple guys that got hurt. I was just, if there's an extra bike, like, I'd love to ride one. And uh, he just was like, literally just kind of a quick pause, and then he was like, ha, 
nah, we're good. <laughs> and then, <laughs> dude, like, straight up, just like, nah, we're good. And I was like, that was it. All right, thanks. And just hung up. Oh, and I was, like, <laughs> so yeah, shortly after that, it was, <clears throat> that was when I was just coming off of an ACL injury and I got on the bike two weeks before the first Supercross race. I'd never ridden Supercross my whole life just hopped on two weeks before and just threw myself in there so um pretty stoked on the progress that i did make by the end of the year i made like three main events and and it was pretty stacked that year i mean you could say that every year it gets the kids these days are hauling ass so they only uh, get faster and faster yeah yeah. bikes are getting better kids are getting stronger they come out of the womb just just right on a PW for right hey, into the whoops. <laughs> right, right out of the womb, just all gas, no brakes. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, that was a funny story. So I kind of just threw myself in there and I raced for a few years, but ultimately just riddled with injuries and decided to Did have. Did you fun ever talk instead. to him again and uh, see I've, what his like for, state of mind was, was and what like, he was thinking <laughs> for a few years there? <clears throat> like he wouldn't even look at me. Like really? he he knew me. He knew my like I hung out with. One of my friends, Darren Durham, he rode for the team at the time. So I had, he knew who I was, but he was probably just like, oh, this little fucking kid, you know? But uh, that year at Seattle Supercross, I was leading, or I was I in qualifying time, during, or I was in qualifying position during my heat rate to, ma- to make the main event. And then I went to the LCQ, and I kept having front brake troubles in my heat. So... And they put me to the last chance qualifier. You had to get top two to make the main event. And I was leading, and on the last lap, my front brake locked up again in the air off the finish line. So when I landed, I just ate shit, and I, like, ran over to his pit. And I was like, hey, Mitch, like, I need a front brake line, like, all this stuff. And he just looks at me like, oh, our stuff's not stock. And I was like, what do you mean? My shit's not stock either. I have a full oversized kit that I paid for. Just, like, just hook me up so I can have another Cowie out there in the main, you know, and he's just like, Yeah, sorry. So, damn. But <laughs> as and now, every time I see him, like, we can shoot the shit and yeah. have a beer and well, racing, laugh about it. <laughs> racing's not like everybody's friends. No. Kinda. Oh, it's, really? It's like, like he's, his team. He didn't even want you back yeah. out there, probably. And I think that's it's good that you noted that because that was a huge thing. Like, when I was racing, like, all my homies that we would go ride, like, supercross tracks too wet to ride during the week, we'd go shovel jumps in the hills and all my homies that we're riding together with all week like it comes race time and you're down in staging area before you line up and like no one's looking at each other no one's talking to each other you like try to laugh and make a joke or be like hey good luck they're just like you know and then it's like that's harsh dude it's harsh so you know just the free ride thing it's like we're all hyped on one another like when we go out like it's like a session in the streets or something you guys hype each other up and you know, you're ho- you're stoked on your homie doing good, and you're like, well, I don't want my homie to outdo me, so, like, I'm going to go big this time, you know? So it's just, like, a friendly rivalry, and we're all super hyped to ride together, so. There's definitely uh, some cool parallels between the moto and snowboarding <clears throat> as I'm listening to you talk, because to me, it was kind of like all snowboard videos, that was the most important thing. All moto videos, that was the, the bar, the standard. And then social media came along, and... I, I know, like, the first time I saw you was that one whip you did at the sand dunes. It was one of the mm. first turn-up whips yep. I've ever seen. It was, like, where you go off nose high and your body's hanging way out in front of the motorcycle, and then you bring it back in, and um, we'll, we'll insert that clip for the video. 
on the screen as we talk about it, but is that the first time you, like, experienced, like, going viral or some shit like that? 100%. It was my ex-girlfriend at the time took that fo- that video with her phone, and <clears throat> that there was a crazy week of filming. We had, like, 12 reds out there, and that clip alone, like, went completely viral. Like, I at the time, I had, like, 11,000 followers or something and the video had like 1.4 million views or something it was crazy but then it got posted on facebook and everywhere and it just like blew up but that was it that phone clip blew up more than any red clip that you saw from that you know was that the beginning of the the turn up whip too? i feel like i hadn't seen many before that um i think like twitch and like hanny like josh hansen stuff they would do them kind of like without really trying and then it really elevated itself pretty quickly um i don't know if you've ever heard todd potter he's an old freestyle guy and did best whip and all that stuff but he was actually one of the the guy that broke it down for me of actually explaining like how to do it so like when you're leaving leaving the takeoff you're basically it, it would basically be like a shifty you know on a snowboard so you're like you're pulling with your outside shoulder and dropping your inside hip all at the same time. So basically you come off and you put your body in front of the bike and put the bike behind you, but have it like 12 o'clock, you know? So it's kind of the similarities there, I guess, is is kind of like a shifty. But, uh, yeah, that turn up has really gotten to an, a point where you can get the thing fully straight up and down and your body in front of the bike and facing backwards but looking at the landing that way you know it's kind of crazy from what i hear from you guys it doesn't feel crazy at all but it looks crazy right it doesn't feel anything like it looks like everything even like the whips that we're doing now like you know there's three different kinds of whips so it's like the classic like seat bounce like super cross whip or whatever right and then there's the turn down whip where like when we i go i go right so you basically turn your bars to the stop, you flip the bike to a 180, you open up, and then you bring it back. And then the third one is the turn up. So that's like the shifty type thing. So there's three different ones, but they've all elevated to such a level that like none of them feel as cool as they look. I saw one, I think it was on the Monster Cup, the seat bounce. Mm-hmm. It looked like you were going backwards. Yeah. Like full 180 and pull it back, and I was blown away it's pretty crazy the level it's elevated to i honestly like i don't know how much further we could possibly go with the size of jump that we're on what about you're already at 180 yeah is that happening is it not possible oh dude i've had dreams about it like if you can dream it if you can dream it it can probably happen so i don't know if you remember uh when travis pastrana tried to do his TP rolls, what he called it, so that 720 thing. He tried it at X Games, and when he did, it was basically like a backflip 360, but the way he was coming in, he the way the bike was rotating and the power and, and of the rear wheel spinning, instead of landing upright on his wheels, every time he'd come in, he'd land sideways like that. So he basically did it into a foam pit with a bigger ramp, but he had to add one more flip. <laughs> that clip is fucked up. Yeah, he had to add one more flip to it to make his wheels come in like that. So when I think about it in my head, if I'm going to do a turn down like that and I turn the bars of the stop and I basically turn my shoulder over my head, look back, open up, and then pull it, if I just keep my head dipped and, like, 
pull that thing around, I think it'll work. But I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. Yeah. No shit. 250 pound I was talk, talk, motorbike. Talking, is talking with someone from the Nitro crew about it, and it was basically like, if you do that, it's going to be a similar thing to how Travis had to add another flip. You would have to like, if you were to just keep it dipped, I think you would come in landing sideways like that. So it's going to have to be more of like a turn, like open up, and then like turn your head and like yank it back to try to get the wheels in line, you know, but there's only one way to find out. So bone pit Harley. airbag. Yeah. The oh, hard way. The thing that's cool <laughs> yeah. in, in that regard is also you do the quarter pipe, <laughs> yep. which is basically like a fucking Dude. snowboard backside air. Yeah. Know? The footage of it, that is nuts. And you look fu- like you're going, I don't, it looks like Ingemar's air Dude, basically. You guys land at the bottom of the transition. Yeah. That shit is kind of risky. Biscuits, it, it's risky. It's risky biscuits. One hundred percent commitment, or just don't do it at all. Like I consider it like Terhay's Arctic Challenge. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, let's, exactly. give, let's give that a little air horn for that comparison. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so you, you're thinking Terhay on the way in <laughs> on the 450F. <laughs> and I noticed in imagination, only not many people are into it, right? No, it's like a so, specialty. X Games and Nitro World Games are the only two contests that have a quarter pipe in them. So I know X Games, like, they've invited people, but a lot of times, like, people show up, and it's it's nerve-wracking. Too uh, gnarly. Things, things 80, 84 degrees and 18 feet tall. <sighs> the landing is 23 feet tall and, like, 60 to 65 degrees. So you're coming at that thing, and it's like you're looking at a wall, you know? So it's yeah. pretty intimidating. Um, it's it's a crazy thing because you really don't have to go that fast. You just have to, like, know that feeling of going upside down, I guess. So, like, if you're comfortable whipping and you get upside down whipping, like, it more or less feels like a whip, but the way the way you leave the lip, you're basically, like, you're coming off and you're – turning your head and spotting the landing right away, and you basically never take your eyes off of where you want to land. So your bike and your body kind of just follow with it, you know? So. It's, it's kind of like a method. Yeah. But like way more badass kinda, and upside down. Looks like, yeah. And there's like a rev limiter. Well, the and Nitro Games one was huge. Man. Yeah, so that one is 88 degrees and 34 feet tall. So steeper, way scarier, but it works. The, the Just the angles on it. I think the landing's like, 68 maybe 70 but it's steep like you get up there and you look down and you're like nope yeah but at the time you're in the air and the size of the ramp you're like 50 feet in the air basically the guy (laughs) that won went 48 feet oh really above 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 the 34 48 foot air (laughs) and that's second gear just going yeah literally second gear just like barely kind of giving it a little could you imagine like having of, of a it ramp like, like a the, wall it really is yeah. but if you have that ramp and you have 10 more feet of like drive off of that thing you could break 100 feet ground up easy in third gear and like if you it'll think, probably happen right oh 100 yeah. percent. i think once all of us figure out how to hit that thing in third gear we're gonna have so much more airtime, and just because you have more power in third obviously like the guy that won and broke that record he also broke the record on the x games one which is 18 feet and he went 46 feet above an 18 foot one. So big. (laughs) But we're basically to the point where we're splitting hairs. It's like a pissing contest, basically. But 
we're second geared like as fast as the bike can go. You know, you come in rolling at a decent speed because basically, like, if you're coming into it too fast, your suspension's going to push through it, and you can deck. You can deck the top. If and you come in, jacked, you're, uh, you're jacked. Bounce, I imagine, bounce, like, oh, yeah. who knows how far, down to the flat. <clears throat> and then if you go slow and use the power, and then you t- have a tendency to want to tug, then you'll come out. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of trying to find that happy medium of how fast do I roll into it, and then how to judge my suspension to have it like rebound at the right time you know so scary it's got to be a fan favorite i imagine though (laughs) if you look at snowboarding it started with the 18 foot pipe and the dudes were doing some pretty cool shit and then it went to 22 and they went way fucking bigger yeah but going back to your 360 axel hodges does the alley-oop alley-oop yeah that's it's almost like a that's almost like a 360 in some ways yeah the way like the motion it's like a 360 right yeah it's like it yeah, he did an alley oop on one of those. He things. did a front that yeah, yeah know, front side or backside. Don't you guys kind of have a front side and backside though? Because um, I heard you talking in the video like it's the wrong way for you or whatever. Well, I don't the, know just the way your body. The thing works. is, like, if I'm gonna air a quarter on a bicycle or like whip on a bicycle, I usually whip the opposite way that I would go on a quarter pipe. But the first couple years of quarter pipe, like the first year at X Games, they had a ramp on each side, and then the landing was like. 50 feet wide, but only one person took off on the left ramp. So they used so much floor space and so much dirt for just one guy on that side when everyone else was hitting it on this side. But pretty much every quarter pipe that you go to, it's always set up on the right side with jumping left. So Right to left. No shit. Yeah. I wonder why that is. I think some people say that they would feel more comfortable one way, which in my head when I thought about it, I would – think to go that way but once i figured it out i felt more comfortable going right to left really which is weird so do you, yeah, do you hit the brake in here you can because just then, right to left then you're actually easier rear brake access because yeah. by your right foot peg but left to right it would be harder to hit your brake i feel like i guess if you were to ask like the front side backside thing it would be which side your brake would be on so if uh-huh. you're if you're going Left to right, your brake would be on the downside. If you're going right to left, it would be on the top side, which I don't know which one I would put front side or back side on. Yeah, it almost makes sense, though, with the brake being on one side. I would say... Front side's easier. I'd say that would be the left to left. Yeah, that's probably what's up. That's what I was just thinking. Right to left would be front side, and then left to right would be back side because it would almost be like safe... I don't know. I guess it's hard because the snowboard and the skateboard, you're in line. You're standing in yeah. line. Yeah. More like the, skiing. Do they have it? It's kind of like, you know, they have skiers go straight. And, yeah, they yeah. go yeah. backwards and yeah. whatever they got. Yeah. <laughs> we don't go backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in the air, but not on the dirt. <laughs> yeah, you definitely seem like you do in the air. That would be sick. You guys get reverse on your on your dirt bikes. You start coming in switch. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be gnarly. <laughs> switch it in Just the air to reverse yeah. and you like, can land backwards. <laughs> You mentioned the axle thing, though. Like, he airs the quarter pipe right to left, but he did his alley-oop left to right. Yeah, makes sense. So he did it backwards. And he, But the other – there's been two other guys that have landed it. The one guy did it the opposite, right to left, and then the third guy did it right to left, too, which both of them air that way normally, but mm-hmm. then also did the alley-oop that way. Wild shit. Wild. Well, that brings us to the guest question which is presented by Solomon Snowboards. If you're looking to get yourself a snowboard, get yourself a Solomon Dance Hall. It's unisex. It's got a tapered directional shape, 
I see Nils out there killing it on it, and Desiree, a girl that also rides for Solomon. So, uh, yeah, get yourself a Solomon dance hall, and let's get into the guest question. What's up, Mom Hole? It's Chris Beresford here, and I just have a question for Tyler. Um, I'm just curious what he grew up watching for, uh, like, moto movies. And, you know, maybe it was something else, but... I grew up, uh, my first movie was uh, by Fox, and it was called Air Raid, and that introduced me into, like, snowboarding, it was skating, and, like, I definitely ran with that as a kid, and then Krusty Demons 3, that was huge, and I'm just curious, because his style resembles more, like, back then, and I think it's super cool, so I would uh, just like to know what got him stoked hell yeah chris thanks um air raid was a classic movie love that one um he mentioned the crusties like i'm i just turned 29 so i'm right in the that age group of crusties just coming out in the late 1997 i think was the first one maybe 95 but i was young and it was cool it was like Seth and those guys and like racers in it too and you know just seeing tits and ass and you're just a kid you know and you're like oh this is so cool you know and then it turned into like uh they did the terra firmas which Fox ran the terra firma program or like their whole video release I think they had four of them maybe more but um yeah all the crusties um, Steel Roots, which was Jeremy McGrath's movie, those were pretty cool. Just really sick writing, good music. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, those would pretty much be it. I think there's moto movies started to get a little more stale, I guess, and more just racing stuff. And the freestyle stuff kind of went another direction and a little too hardcore for the the general public, I guess. So, um yeah, and then it turned into just moto movies got really stale, and then obviously the digital age came out and social media and all that, and now you don't really see moto videos. I mean, it's the same for snow. You don't see DVDs and stuff like that. Obviously, VHS is none of that anymore, so um, it's pretty cool to see where it's came, and I have a huge like inspiration from all those guys, seeing what they did and had fun and, and uh, bringing the racers in too, so kind of what i am i was a racer growing up and now i'm a free rider so yeah it's cool to see full circle see mcgrath in there mm-hmm. and all that shit M-Ig. yeah M-Ig we got and like uh danny stevenson and then buddy antonez and all them all those old guys have you ever seen fresno smooth you gotta watch it it's like the a hollywood feature film about motocross really that sounds sick it's actually really funny it's like you're watching it at first and you're like what the fuck am i watching you know and then seth's in it and seth goes to jail and and emig's in it and emig's talking about his (laughs) it's funny you just have to see it but he has a box of emigos they call it emigos and it's like a cereal box and he's like (laughs) there's a commercial and he's like all right kids Wake up and start every morning with a fat bowl of Emig O's. <laughs> so funny. At that just, point, he was winning everything. Yeah, too, he was. Right? That was when he was winning everything yeah. before he got in trouble and stuff. So, but. And the thing that's cool about these videos, for people that are unfamiliar, it's like they're almost like old snowboard videos. Yeah. You got like antics happen. People are lighting shit on fire. They're like, you know, they're just basically being fucking reckless. There's some skits yeah. and there's some amazing. People riding dirt bikes, yeah. And it's pretty funny. Like, we talk about it all the time. I'm friends with a lot of the guys that were in it, and 
if they had social media back then, like all of them would have been in jail. <laughs> like all of them, <laughs> like it was pretty hectic, but they were just, you know, living their lives, like riding dirt bikes and living that lifestyle and partying and having fun, but just recording it all. But luckily they didn't have social media to <laughs> see all those posts start flying around and they're well, doing dumb shit. <laughs> I think it's kind of a perfect time for, uh, that time of the show, buds. Name that video part. Name that video part. Let's get into it. <laughs> Name that video part is presented by the Dutour. If you get a chance to check it out this winter, it is an incredible event. They support us. You should support them. Shout out to the Dutour. Let's get into it. How confident scale of uh, 1 to 10 we feeling? This is a moto part I picked for you, by the way. Okay. Uh, six or nine. Okay. <laughs> Great answer. Good answer. Great answer. Um, this one is actually kind of, it, it works for snowboarding and for moto. It's been in, in both very well-noted video parts. Here we go. That's quick. Kids of the Black Hole is the song. Um, Krusty. Did Krusty walk? No, wrong. <laughs> Krusty <laughs> three. That was my first in my head. I was like, I think it's Krusty. I mean, three, you got Krusty. You know, that's, you know what? That's, a, that's a win. That's a win. <laughs> you got the song and you got the movie maker. You won yourself, yo. And igloo. <laughs> bomb hole cooler filled with bomb hole merch. Amazing. We got a mug. We got a hat. We got some stickers. I like this. The the Bud Diesel. The Bud Diesel. Well, like so that. I'm I'm uh, Grand Diesel. He's Stony Buds. He put us together. We're Bud Diesel. Bud Diesel. Bud Diesel. Like and that. you can fill it with Bud Diesels if you want to. <laughs> Perfect. Yep. And just like basically drink those and just be farting the rest of the night. Yeah. <laughs> those things are looks, thick. Looks like we got a nice road road cooler for the ride home. There sitting you go. There, sitting right next to the <laughs> front seats. Um, so for name that video part, we have part two for the listeners. If you know, comment on the picture of Tyler's face on Instagram and you'll get yourself what buds prize pack. That's correct. Prize pack. Here we go. Okay. Thank you guys for playing. Name that video part. One thing that I thought was pretty cool for your kind of uh, the way you came up, it seemed like Twitch and a lot of those older freestyler broskies kind of took you under their wing. Yeah, definitely. When uh, we talked about it earlier, like when I got hurt and I started free riding a bunch, he was one of the guys that we would always go out and build jumps with and stuff. And um, he was one of the first dudes that was obviously an inspiration of mine forever. And uh, so a guy I looked up to and then uh, – the first opportunity I got to go ride with him, he was filming for his uh, his free ride movie, four hundred twenty percent all natural, and um, great name, great name. <laughs> uh, and he 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 basically invited me out to Ocotillo Wells. They were filming with uh, also filming the Meta Militia Black Friday video. So there was all the militia guys out there, a bunch of dudes I've looked up to my whole life, like just seeing him in all these old movies and crusty movies and stuff. So. Um, yeah, he. I ended up going out there, and I teed up this jump. Like, the first couple jumps when I went there, I, like, almost killed myself. Like, I was just, like, a kid fresh out of the amateur ranks. Like, 
I just wanted to go big. Like, that was my opportunity to, like, prove myself, you know, and I almost killed myself, like, first couple jumps, like, came up short on this crazy step up, and, um, yeah, so I ended up, like, at first, they were like, oh, who is this kid? Like, he's going to kill himself, blah, 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 and then he took me out, and we ended up, I ended up finding this other double that no one had hit yet, and kind of just teed this thing up and ran into it a bunch of times, and they all, I came back and to, like, where they were all sitting, and... They basically were like, oh, I don't know, man. Like, we're pretty far out here. Like, if you come up short, like, obviously they were a little skeptical after seeing me almost kill myself on the step up right before. Um, <clears throat> but he ended up, we were filming, and one of the guys, like, I ended up just being like, fuck it, I'm just going to go for it. And I drilled it first time, like, got it super clean. And then uh, right afterwards, like, one of the filmers, I hit it a couple times, one of the filmers runs over there, the guy filming the movie, and he's like, He's like, hey, I I just got my camera set up. You want to hit it again? And by this point, they, like, cracked me a beer, and I'm, like, enjoying a beer after, like, just not killing myself on this jump. So then they're, like, the filmer's, like, oh, like, will you hit it again? Like, I just got my camera set up, and Twitch and all them are, like, no, fuck that. You missed it. You missed it. And I was, like, thinking in my head, like, well, if I want a shot in this movie, this is my shot. So I just rolled back over there and fixed the lip a little bit and, Got a couple shots in the movie, but then that was, like, the first time that me and Twitch really hung out and got to ride together and stuff, and then he was just pumped on how I presented myself and just being a personable kid and laughing and smiling and then, you know, being able to ride pretty good and hang at, like hang with those guys. So he just took me under my wing, or his wing, and, uh, yeah, dude, he's helped me so much. He's, like, showed me what to do what not to do and he's had a lot of experience when it comes to injuries and competing and you know having fun too so pretty cool to have dudes like that that you can be your inspiration as a kid and now call him a friend you know it's pretty cool totally and having him to follow in his footsteps what a what a great leader dude. like what a great person to mm. to kind of role role model yourself after and it, it seems like he talks shit all the time to oh, you, but yeah. yeah not to all, interrupt but yeah no all the time he's just constantly talking shit but that's how he is you yeah. know and he he won't shy away from talking shit to whoever it is anybody you know so um but it's cool now that he's transitioned into you know being that athlete spotlight for all these companies we got outside noises. Go home, people. You're drunk. Sounds like one of my friends rode their two-stroke over. That's what it did sound like. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hey! Or maybe it's a car drive. Who is it? Yo! Is that Beresford? No. Who is it? Who's that? Who's in there? Dan, we're recording. Come on in. <laughs> we have Danimals. It's from in town from Minnesota. This guy is actually... <laughs> Hey, hey, Dan. This is totally my bad. I don't mean to be interrupted. <laughs> <laughs> You're good, man. So, Danimals, uh, just for the listener viewers, uh, kind of uh, popped in unannounced from Minnesota. Dan Dan actually races A-class in um, Minnesota, correct? Dirt bike Dan. Dirt bike Dan. Off-road, moto, all kinds of stuff. Oh yeah, big fan. It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. What did you ride up here just now? Oh, dude, I came up on uh, Mike Boggs moped. Uh, it's got an aftermarket exhaust. On it. It's amazing. Shit, I was just gonna see if you guys had some some air for me. I gotta fill up these tires. I got an air compressor back here, but we're kind of nah, You guys do your thing. I'm gonna cruise. I'll head to Chips. I'll see you guys in a little yeah. bit. All right, dirt Cheers, bike man. Dan. Yeah. See you, Dan. Let's give him an air horn. That is a great little pit stop. <laughs> 
on the moped. Yeah, the animals. Great snowboarder. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, back to Twitch. Okay, yeah. So, (laughs) Twitch, like, he's been that guy, like, the main writer for companies, and he's built other companies' brands up just from being himself, you know? So, um, now he's into the point he's doing his Dirt Bike Kids thing, his clothing company, and uh, the DBK thing's really taken off, like, coronavirus hit, and I swear every person was just spending their their checks on DBK clothes because there wasn't much going on, and I was like, he's like, hey, you want to come in and help us pack orders? And, dude, we got, like, 800 orders in a day, and it's like we're there from sun up to sundown and still got another 400 the next day, you know? So it's really taken off, but it's cool that he's – giving back to his friends because he knows what it's like to build another person's company and not get much in return from it. So what's really cool is, like, you know, he's giving us money to run the logos and at events and stuff like that and then basically giving us the opportunity to make, like, a capsule collection through DBK and make money and give back to, you know, the kids that are helping him kind of pump his brand. So it's cool that he recognizes that and he's – you know, constantly telling me, like, we could basically start a, your own merch brand and sell it and distribute it through DVK, and then you can figure out how it works and and how it goes, and, and you know, we can ship everything for you. So that's it's really cool just being, you know, like I said, he was a You got plans to do that? Yes, he, he's going to help you start your own merch brand. Yeah, so I uh, that's my plan as of right now. I do have... Uh, I ride for Fast House as a gear company and clothing company too, but um, I have a gear capsule coming out with them and some shirts and stuff, but slowly getting into doing the DBK stuff too because they've dropped DBK merch with us, like signed posters and stuff, and they've we made like 50 of them, and they sold in two minutes. So they were pretty pumped on that, and they want me to you know, be more hands-on with trying to design some shirts and just kind of see how it goes and then – potentially lead into just doing it on my own but it's cool that they're him and his wife are just overly eager to help me that's right it's really cool she gave you some uh jeremy's wife gave you some advice on your red bull deal right yeah she absolutely did so um before excuse me i was thirsty (laughs) uh so before red bull i rode for weed maps and they had a pretty sick action sports team going on um and at the time, I was going back and forth and, and didn't really know what to do. And I questioned myself as, as an athlete, like, am I Red Bull? You know, like, and to me, like, talking with my family, like, if something's not broke, then don't fix it. So I was I was back and forth. And, and you know, there was a time when I was maybe going to say no to You're Red gonna Bull. You're going to pick weed maps over Red Bull? <laughs> Which is a stupid idea. Uh, (laughs) But they were just trying to tell me, you know, like, it was about to go legal, and they were promising me all this stuff. Are they still around? Nope. I was going to say, I didn't think they were still around. Greatest decision I've ever made. Yeah, smart move. But uh, at a time, I was like, yeah, I don't know, like, back and forth. And then I went to Twitch and Susie, and Susie just, like, literally, like, pulled me aside, like, pulled me by my shirt and, like, grabbed my head and was like, Tyler. If you don't take this opportunity, you're a <laughs> fucking idiot. From his like wife, the, that's like the so scene in uh, like, what's the scene where they grab the baby? Uh, the Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> I forget. Anyway, Billy, Ma- Billy, oh, Billy Madison. 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 Anyway, yeah, continue. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, she told me you're an idiot if you don't take this. Like when you're 
when you're old and looking back, like, would you rather see weed maps helmets on your wall or Red Bull helmets? So, ended up obviously taking the Red Bull deal, which is the best thing that I ever, my best decision I've ever made by far. Um, it was just all the things like Red Bull is super rad when it comes to supporting their athletes, and it's all the things that they don't put in writing on a contract, like getting hurt and going to the high performance center and helping me get moved from a shitty hospital when I got hurt to a good surgeon to make sure I got handled correctly and just all these little things like me being able to think of this idea like imagination and and sit and go to them with a platform and be like hey this is what I want to do and then have all the right people in in Red Bull and within Red Bull to to amplify that you know to take that idea and and make it the best they possibly can with past experiences and stuff like that. So it's all those little things that you put, they don't put in writing. Like if you can come and, you know, bring them an idea, next thing you know, you got a crazy budget to do a really cool project. It's like, it's those kind of things. So, um, yeah, by far well, best well, decision I ever made. You should explain to the layman's that are, have not watched Imagination yet. Uh, by the time this podcast airs, it'll, will have been out for a little while. And, yeah, explain your concept because I, I heard you maybe say like something like uh, BMX meets snowboard slope style meets something. I thought that was a cool little. Yeah, yeah, so I've done a lot of, I don't know if you guys familiar, fans familiar with like uh, mountain biking. So like free ride mountain biking, like Red Bull Rampage. Um, all these free ride mountain bikers used to do the FBM World Tour, which free ride free ride mountain bike world tour or FMB, I'm sorry. But um they would do this tour and they were going as basically like slope style contests and they were just all burnt out. Just, you know, it's not, it wasn't what, it wasn't by riders, for riders type thing. So they all got together and they kind of created like a bit of a union and all the free riders got together and they started this thing called the Fest Series. And the Fest Series is just all these mountain bikers that would, that were ex, you know, used to compete and then they just got over it. So they just wanted to ride. So, um, basically there's a host at each round in the Fest Series. Like, Fest Series would have one started in Norway. They had one in Belgium, um, Santa Cruz, uh, Oregon. They've kind of had them all over Canada. Um, but it basically one guy would be a host of the project, build a super sick line, and then bring all the homies there. And they'd rent an Airbnb. All the homies would just hang for a week and film and ride. And at the end of it, all the riders would just vote on each other, like, pretty given like one guy would get best style one guy would get best line best trick best crash like king of the whole event you know so kind of taking something similar like that formula as well as like ferg's like recharged event that he did of having like the pipe and the slope course and then the the quarter pipe at the end um kind of taking something like that, getting everybody together for one purpose to just get together and film with your homies and ride a really creative course. So pulling inspiration off all those things is kind of what I wanted to do for a long time for, for Moto. So I basically built a course from ground up that's inspiration off all these other action sports that get me stoked. So, um, yeah, like free ride mountain biking, like BMX, like, dirt trails to like slope slope snowboarding to um yeah basically trying to just bring it to free ride moto so 
that's kind of what I did. I just had a list of all these features that I've always wanted to hit, and I kind of figured out how to do them all into one line. And the best part about this whole contest thing, it was a quote-unquote, like, contest, but it was, like, for riders, by riders. Like, we got, like, what we said went, you know, so how we wanted it to go. Um, So... I built this crazy line. There was there was a start and a finish. Like you could ride the whole line a track almost, basically like a free ride track, and you could ride the line start to finish. But I, to me, like when I got there and I started building it and bringing all these athletes in, like I was there for a couple of weeks, so I was able to really break everything down. And I wasn't riding a ton. I I did test a few of the jumps, but the way I built it was, you could go start to finish on the line. Or you could do whatever you want. There's absolutely no, like, no formula for this. Like, it's a blank canvas, and whatever you see goes. So if there's a sick line and you want to do the whole line, that's cool. But if you want to do half of the line and then you see a transfer from the side of that jump to that jump or that jump to that jump, like, do whatever you want. It's There's no, like, right or wrong for this, you know? So I think that was the coolest part of just – creating something like that, bringing all your homies in and then just vibing off of each other and figuring out the line, how to hit them. And then, you know, it started with just figuring out all the jumps. And then once you figure it out, then it's like, okay, how do we take that next step of like looking at it differently? Like the sides of side of this jump is perfectly cleaned up and you can go from the side of that jump over two lanes to that landing, you know, so crazy transfers. Yeah, so. yeah. The course reminded me a lot of Super Park and snowboarding. That's, I was thinking the same yeah. thing last night. Yeah, or yeah. like a Super Park or like a Peace Park or something. Yeah, just you know, like something. And the way you came in and kind of the guy you worked with. What I'm curious about is Cheddar Biscuits. What does it cost to build a course like that? That looked crazy. A lot, a lot of renting of equipment. A lot of that we did. There, we were there for three weeks. We did 1,400 gallons of diesel a week. Holy shit. A week. Damn. So to build that whole yeah. thing It's like a snowcat. No, I mean, probably, I wonder, that, probably pretty similar to so the the guy that, That's probably true, huh? The guy that built this would basically be, like, for snow, would be, like, a Frank Wells. Yeah. Or what's the other one? Gunny. Or, or Gunny. Gunny. Yeah. Gunny's not in the cat all the time, but, yeah, Gunny's kind of the... It would be, like, those two caliber guys that, like, do all the courses, and they're always super sick. This is, like... Like, Dream the Chacks, best guy you could get. Dream Checks is the guy of all the guys to do it. So, he just... When he puts his name on it, it's, like... It's, you know, he stamps it with his name. Like, it's got to be perfect. The trannies are going to line up. Everything. And, and the the visually, of, they're, they're smooth on the sides. They're not, yeah. like, piles of dirt. Exactly. Clean. That jump over the trees. Dude, it was crazy. The, can we talk about the... Sorry to interrupt, but the girl that... Was, oh, dude, she was She was guineaing all the jumps with you? Let's give, let's give yeah. her an air horn. Air horn. <laughs> she gets an air horn and a gunshot. <laughs> she jumped <laughs> What's everything, her right? Vicky. Vicky, uh, Vicky is the OG, dude. So, Vicky is... She used to race back in the day when they did uh, WMX, so women's motocross nationals and stuff. And then she, they did women's racing at, at uh, X Games, Supercross and stuff. She won like three in a row gold medals there. And then she was the first woman to qualify for a Supercross night show. So wow. she went and raced Supercross, and like everyone was always like, oh, you're a chick. Like, no, 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 you're not going to ever make it. And that's her MO is like proving everyone wrong. So... Um, this year she's, so she does shows for Nitro and does like 
you know, tours all over the world. So they do freestyle shows and stuff. Um, this year, obviously, COVID, it got, like, all the shows got canceled. So we were free riding a ton. Like, she was filming for her X Games Real Moto part, and I took her out to a couple zones, and she was crushing, dude. Like, you know, not to say, like, oh, like, she's crushing for a girl because you don't want to be, like, boy and girl or whatever and separate that. But, like, she was absolutely putting it to the boys, you know, and, like, proving her point and proving her spot. So um, she did really good on her X Games part. And then, yeah, so we were kind of going back and forth on we couldn't really invite a ton of people just because it was the first time, kind of had to prove it. It was private property only had a certain amount of places to sleep, and you know how it goes. But um, so we were going back and forth, and the last second, like maybe two weeks before, we were like, yeah, like Vicky's in. Like she's – this course is going to be gnarly. She's going to be a bit out of her comfort zone, but I have all the faith in her. Like she's going to crush it. And, dude, she came out, and she does, doesn't have an ACL, just had a couple huge crashes like leading up to it, and she was pretty sore and – uh she basically just showed up, and my physical therapist was there, so he helped her, and then she went out. She was struggling a little bit with, like, the tighter stuff on the one section where you kind of warm up on, but, dude, we took her down to the big stuff, and, like, I hit both the jumps once just to kind of, like, because not only am I, like, hosting this thing, like, I am I built it, and I've sat at the bottoms of all these for two weeks, and I've I visually know exactly what speed I need to hit it, like, just by looking at it. So I was also being, like, the guinea pig to tow everybody in, like, look, this is how you hit it, like, this is the speeds and all that. And I showed her, showed her the one, and then the moon booter after, and then the one over the trees. There's, like, three in a row. And she watched me hit it once, dude, and she just turned around, and she's just, yeah, just hugging <laughs> That's all it, it took, so, huh? <laughs> yeah, and then next thing you know, she's tricking them all and, like, doing whips off the first one, doing, like, Indian airs off the second one and seat grabs and, like tech jumps to be doing tricks on and like there was everyone was like like old pro supercross guys were there and stuff and they'd look over like cole seeley look over and be like did she just seat grab that and he's and i was like yep and he's just like oh like you know so it was, it was really cool to see what a badass uh, <clears throat> unfortunately she had a little mishap but she didn't even crash she just landed hard and she has a bad foot kind of like all of us there i think every single person there was Walking in limping and left limping worse. So, just from the big jumps, the landing. So, what I'm fascinated by is when you look at what's the one over the trees, 100 plus? 98. 98. Okay. 98 foot gap over trees. There's no, how do you, how do you, blind. Yeah. How do you look at that and be like, okay, middle of third gear, it's all feel or just kind of, how do you, how do you figure that shit out? Don't think, just go. Hollow head. You go hollow head. (laughs) Hollow head. So, the first, first time I hit the thing, like, the berm before it leading into it like you hit this big old berm and there's this little double out of the berm like into the pocket of the lip and i was landing and like ripping the berm like the berm's like 15 feet tall the biggest berm i've ever seen ever ridden um you just have so much speed going through it and this jump over the trees obviously it's blind but the landing goes down and kind of into like a little pit and then there's like a rolling single after it like full mountain bike style but if you go long on that thing, like, it's bad. Uphill. It's, it, you're going into uphill, plus you're falling from really high. 
So the more I was, like, riding through this turn, I was, like, coming out, and I was like, oh, that's too fast. Like, I just psyched myself out to not go long, and then I just fully brain farted when I went for it, and thinking I was going to be long, I was not long. You kind of cased it, right, oh, the I first time? I cased the shit out of it, but basically, like, they were, the guy built that built it was like, hey, we can notch out a section of these trees and cut them out so you can kind of get a better visual on where the landing's at. But I told them that I thought the trees being there was a really good gauge to know if you're if you're three feet above those trees, you've got the landing all day. Uh, so it's like it's almost a gauge because if you it it's one of those ones where it's kind of deceiving. It's a little faster than you think, but not too fast, you know. So um, yeah, that one was gnarly. Guinea pigging that was scary. You what we called knuckled it. And yeah. do you run? Your suspension had to save your life, basically, right? Oh, yeah. Do you yeah. run the wider diameter size suspension like the racers do? Yeah, so they have, uh, I think, stocks 48. They have a 49 cone valve, and then there's a 52 that only, like, the factory teams run. You can't really get your hands on them. Um, but I have the 49 cone valves. And my bike, like, I can unload it and let you feel it. That thing is, like, a BMX bike. Oh, My huh. suspension is so stiff. Yeah, you you can't even yeah. push it down, but... For quarter pipe and stuff like that, the the tranny's so quick that I'm still bottoming out like a suspension that you it feels like a rock, you know. It's crazy, but there's something interesting thinking about that because I've been on the track and I've hit jumps out of the corner that you're like, okay, I'm on the berm and the jumps right in front of you, you just hit it, you just go hollow head like you're saying. Yeah. But sometimes when you're snowboarding and you're staring down a giant cheese wedge and you're you know. Uh, 200 yards above it being like okay i gotta go straight from here it's like a little bit like more nerve-wracking than just coming out of the corner and hitting something there's probably some logic there right definitely i mean the more i don't know if i'm just wired that way but the longer i sit and look at something the more i have time to psych myself out Mm -hmm. so it's like if just being at the bottoms with some of them maybe it's just like i've done it so long that i can basically look at a jump and i can know the exact speed to hit it give or take, you know, every once in a while I'll be a little short or a little long, but I'm usually in the ballpark. Um, and it's, yeah, I think it's just a comfort level of knowing like you probably see a, a park jump and like know the speed right away, you know, but like me, I just beeline and land at the bottom, you know, <laughs> but it'd be a similar thing. Like you can see something and you kind of judge it off of just knowing, I guess, you know, your skills level or whatever. But, um, it's tough, like, those times when it's like, okay, like, I've ro- rolled up to it a few times, and you're like, okay, this is the time. Like, you're turning around, you're telling yourself, like, all right, I'm going this time, I'm going, you know? And then There's no turning back, there's right? There's no turning back, <laughs> especially, like, well, some of those ones where you come out of a turn, and it's like a setup jump, and it's a tight belly. Like, if you land kind of committing, like, you better just go. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't, you yeah, can't pull out. quick, especially yeah. in the imagination course where you don't even have a second to just yeah and some of them are like bmx like the back sides of the walls are cut like a vertical 90 you know Mm -hmm. so you can't roll them you gotta just go so it's kind of gnarly but then you know there's other ones like the the technical ones the short steep like turning like shark fin Mm -hmm. style stuff those are harder to judge because you got to be like pinpoint accuracy but like say the one that was over the hill on the course was 140 feet, but, like, long straightaway coming into it, long ski jump lip, you know? And it wasn't really that fast, but 
Except for your broski that exploded on that one. Yeah, like the landing's 100 feet long. Like you, I told him there's probably no way that you would go all the way to the bottom. The landing from 140 where the where it rolls on the knuckle to the bottom is another 100 feet. I was like, I don't see you going that far. <laughs> and he went that far. <laughs> Maybe not the best somebody. advice. <laughs> Maybe not the best advice he's ever received. No. What's f- cool about that edit too is when everyone shows up, the banter you can tell they're all like a little out of their element. Oh, for sure. And like the way they're talking, it reminded me a lot at snowboard sessions. <laughs> yeah, how these guys act when they're a little bit scared. Definitely, you just you can see the, it on the, the comments. Yeah, yeah, what they're saying. And it's like there was a point where. I started to test a couple of the jumps and I was like, man, there's like, it's pretty hectic. There's like not much room for air. Like there was a time before everyone got there. Like, man is what if no one hits them <laughs> is my imagination. Like, did I bite off more than I could chew? Is this like a little too gnarly? But then like soon as, cause a couple of the guys were like, hadn't had a huge background in free riding, like more racer guys that, um, that are now transitioning into it. So, at first, it was like, man, I don't know. Is this too gnarly? And then, like, first impressions of the course and everyone out there, like, it went a lot better than I thought it was going to. Everyone was for sure nervous and, like, holy shit, you're out of your mind. But, like, I'm just going to follow you, pretty much. It was just, I'm just going to drop the tow rope. And it's basically up you. to you to show them what's basically. up. Yeah, and if you don't so, jump it, they're probably not going to jump it. And it was cool. Like, just that whole thing was really cool for me just because it was – I wore a lot of hats. I was the host. I was basically like, um, quote unquote, like the producer, I guess, because I brought the the idea to Red Bull. And then, of course, they had a whole team of people to help make this happen. I can't just claim that on my own. But um, I was doing that. I was being the host. I was basically helping build the whole thing. I was doing, I was wearing a lot of hats and, and getting pulled in a million different directions. But then it went to the time of, wearing all those hats, getting pulled in every direction to, like, night before contest, like, okay, like, switch over to athlete mode, and, like, now I'm, don't pull me in any directions, I'm not going to be mic'd up, I'm not going to be on a, on a radio, like, let me transition into being an athlete, you know, so that was tough, but it was really gratifying to me to, like, be able to wear all those hats, and, and the way it came out, and the way it was perceived, and everyone hitting me up, it's, it's been, really cool so Dude, it, it takes a lot of balls respect on that to mm-hmm. kind of a say hey i'm gonna do this big project i got all this money behind me like dude if you get hurt the first day like it's all for nothing True. you know and to, to to have like people that do their own projects it's easy to be to just kind of hit your wagon to somebody else's project but to come up with your own thing execute it nicely it's it's really uh it's got to be kind of give you some yeah. confidence for the next ones and kind of the yeah, mind going right definitely left on a good note which was good but like you know leading up to it when i'm testing these jumps and stuff and basically you know i didn't want it to be like okay this is like tyler's contest this is like his course like he's had time to ride it like and people bitching about that but i can speak confidently for every one of those riders every single person was so beyond stoked that i had already guinea pigged all those jumps yeah they know they're possible they, they know that it's gonna work so that was a cool thing. It's not like I was out there riding every day, riding the whole line. Like, I didn't do a full pole until the night before the contest. Like, I, when everyone got there, I still had three jumps that I didn't hit. But, you know, I think for the most part, they were stoked on me guinea-pigging everything. So I didn't want it to be like, oh, this is his contest and blah, 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 blah. But um, it was just cool to see 
everyone's reaction on it and like me guinea pigging it first and then just like coming up and just like everyone started clicking things off super quickly and and uh we did battle the wind pretty good so that was that was pretty gnarly so the, we got limited windows to ride actually like it was maybe an hour in the morning and an hour in the afternoon and three days of what we had set for film days just jam sesh days with your boys you know training stuff and like by that time if we would have had all those days we would have been fired up but um yeah we just got kind of got put into a window with weather and stuff and kind of had to make it happen but there was one the night session before the day of the comp like that to me, like, that was free riding right there. Like, all of us feeding off each other, training each other. There was five dudes and one jump in the air at the same time, you know? Like, those sessions is what really set it off. So, that fired everyone up for the next day and stuff. But um, I think if we're going to do it again, which we plan on it, do hopefully get, obviously hope on better better weather, but just do that same thing. Just ride and film and just get those amp levels super high. By the time contest comes, it's like, all right, like, game on, you know? So, and there's a million ways you can pull it, like, change it up if, quote-unquote, contest or make it more, like, jam sesh style. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can do it, so it's cool to get the first one out of the way and then... That, se- that seems like the future from my perspective because, to me, when you watch, you know, freestyle, I'm using air quotes for the listeners, uh, motocross, it or whatever you call it, where people are hitting all the ramps and they're doing the flips and they're pulling their bars up and they're doing like the, the flip and they do the heel clicker and then they're like, and they're switching over and they're doing the 360, like where they do all their like stunts. Like that to me, I'd rather watch best whip or I'd rather watch best, you know, yep. the quarter pipe. And, and it's kind of cool. There's these timeless, like a whip is timeless. It's yep. like a method, like you yep. said. And there, it's cool. Like you don't do backflips and Fuck it. Who cares? Like, yeah. right? It's like I'd rather watch somebody do a whip than a backflip. And that's, so that's kind of cool. Like for X Games now, like freestyle used to be huge for X Games, but now it's to the point like the average Joe that's sitting on the couch. Like for me, when I watch a slope snowboard contest and he did he does a cab quad core seventeen whatever, you know, I'm just like, what the hell did he just do? Like we don't know the numbers yeah. either. It's amazing. Yeah, we like, can't even it tell. looks <laughs> sick, but like it I, all looks the same. It, it all looks the same to yeah. me, you know? So like I mentioned it earlier, like I'd rather watch like a method is like a whip on a dirt bike or like a switch method would be like your opposite whip. Like your opposite way whip. And you can take the gnarliest freestyle riders that do double backflips and tricks, but they can't throw a whip you know and it's the most simple thing but like one of the most important things to me you know it's like being on a snowboard like there's probably guys that can do quad corks that don't have us can't do a switch method properly or look, make it look good or whatever you know not to say that they can't but you know what i mean there's so. there's some parallels too because you have moto guys learning all these flips into foam pits Snow, the new generation of snowboard kids, it's like you go back three, back seven, back ten into a foam pit, and they just they ride foam pits or airbags, airbags all summer. Yeah. And then, you know, where the old school, it's you learned everything to dirt or yep. you learn everything to snow. So you can't really fundamentally skip over those things and just go For right sure. to, like, backflip fucking double heel clicker or whatever the hell the name and- is. Like, back in the day, like, the, for Twitch, for instance, like, he's never jumped into a foam pit. He's afraid of them. Like, he's, everything he's done, he's learned it to dirt. He's jumped in a foam pit maybe twice. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's kind of funny to see. It's like, 
FMX now, it's like you can take these guys. Like that's kind of why where I went with this project is I invited more free ride guys that have like technical ability on a bike. Obviously, freestyle guys have the technical ability to do these tricks, but the like more simple technical ability of like a whip or maneuvering your bike in sections that you're not supposed to. So if I don't know if you remember like Red Bull X fighters back in the day, it was a huge freestyle contest and they'd take that everywhere. But it just got to the point where this guy had to have this angle ramp for this trick at this feet. So every guy there had to have a special ramp for something or it wasn't, it just got too, too complicated. And like, and then people just aren't really understanding what's going on. So now like fast forward, like to this contest, if I was to bring like a freestyle guys there, like they're not going to be throwing flip tricks on all these, all these jumps. Cause they're so tech. Like it's not a trick style course, you know? Um, and then like, it, you could start to invite those guys and stuff and, and which I really do want to, cause I want to showcase like what could be done on technical stuff too, but I don't want it to turn into an X fighters where it's like, this guy has to have this angle on this jump. Cause he's trying to do this. Like we're all riding the same thing, doing the same thing, you know? So it's, it's cool. And it'll be interesting to see kind of where it goes, but um, yeah, just the, the free ride thing is more simple. I think, like, the average Joe can see a whip and be like, oh, I'm going to go ride tomorrow. I'm going to go to the track. I'm going to try to do a whip. You know, like, they can't be like, I'm going to do – I'd see this double backflip. I'm going to go to the track tomorrow and try a double backflip. Like, it just doesn't work like that, you know. So I think it's more relatable. Like, <clears throat> step up was jumping the bar at X Games. That's the highest viewed discipline oh, really? out of everything for a long time. But now – it's transitioned into like best whip is and quarter pipe is like really high up there because it's simple. Like whoever goes the highest wins like whip is kind of a little harder cause there's three different kinds of whips and it's a little bit tougher, but like quarter pipe, it's like whoever goes the highest wins. So it's like simple, easy you know? to figure out, yeah. not up for debate. Yeah. No. Yeah. Just all height. Who can piss the highest <laughs> Who can <laughs> on their back? The, the, the <laughs> dick measuring contest. Yeah, of, basically, uh, huh? But the thing that I learned about today, we were talking about whips and I was saying, I go off the jump. I try to do whips and I basically usually just move my head or my butt, but the bike stays completely straight. Then you felt like you did a whip. And I feel like I do a whip <laughs> and then somebody shows me the video. I'm like, Oh my God, that was actually Horrendous. And butt whip. Butt it's whip, called a butt huh? whip. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> Big butt whipper. Right hey, here. you got to start somewhere, man. Yeah. That's how I did. Like, if you, I would show you videos of me and when I was a kid riding 80s and trying to learn whips, I was doing the same thing. Like, bike staying straight, but I'm over here. But, you know, yeah, and it just feels like you're going backwards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I just I just watched Todd Potter win the whip. I'm like, I'm going to do one. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm in there next year. <laughs> Give me an invite, X Games. <laughs> when you were talking about Red Bull, I think the coolest thing about them is those projects that yeah. they do. So it's pretty sick that you def like switch from re weed maps and all that. Yeah. I was watching the LA edit and that was insane. Dude, that was like a dream. That, that was thing. like the coolest like, thing to like, watch. Honestly, like doing that whole site check and like just scouting spots that we'd want to ride. A lot of the spots that we wanted to ride, we couldn't just because of too logistically shutting down sidewalks and streets and it got pretty gnarly but just some of the things like we're the first day like we had uh a grid downtown that they would like 
we would have a police escort of a guy like on a motorcycle cop in front of us and behind us. And then they would basically just escort us around this grid of like a square block of like four blocks, four blocks, four blocks, four blocks. And right away we're like, we don't really know like if they know what we're about to do or like if we can wheelie, if we can burn out, like we had no idea. And then we're like, well, there's only one way to find out. We just kind of just started doing wheelies and nose wheelies past them. And the cops were pumped, dude. And then we make this right, like right from Staples Center. And we make this right. And I'm like coming out and I'm like, I'm just going to light the tire up and see like what they think, you know? And I just like stood up just like lane to lane, like ah, just roasting the rear tire. And the cops are like, pumped Stoked. on it, you know and i'm like this is crazy like what the hell is going on right now and it just got crazier and crazier every day like just being able to ride through the cities people like taking videos of us and we have police escorts like it's just it was the wildest wildest dream came true you know it's like some of these times like i get going and going and going on these projects and one i've kind of backed up another you know three projects now this year so starting with that one like you tend to almost forget about it because things just happen so quick but we just had this conversation the other day like dude how crazy was that that was like a dream like there's three in a year is nuts nuts huh yeah that's heavy yeah i I think it's really cool to hear coming from your humble beginnings and then right you fucking had a rough road to get to where you're at you had to like work construction or some shit right when you're younger yeah did hardwood floors i installed Hardwood floors in Chuck Liddell's house when I was in high school. Oh, Let's give Chuck Liddell a little air horn. <laughs> Our friend was on Dancing yeah, with the Louis Stars, Vito. Louis Vito. He said he's the man. Yes. Yeah, he Chuck just calls school. him Chuck. He calls yeah. him Chuck. He goes first name basis. But, uh, uh, but yeah, then, like, dude, you, you fucking work your ass off, and then you're finally given these opportunities, and you're killing it, and it's, it's cool. Do you, you've been on your way back. You don't have to stop in Salt Lake and sit in the garage with a couple of fucking – borders of wayne's world style but you're like hey, i'll make it i'll make a pit stop we'll do this one for the wait so it's so for the, li- <laughs> <laughs> nice, for the listeners he's got a wayne's world background zang <laughs> we like to kind of have the wayne's world vibe going yeah, here but we appreciate you making the pit stop and dude i'm stoked that i could man i love i love this place and getting some fresh air along the road's nice and breaking up the drive a little bit, so stoked I can make it in. I know you had actually hit me up during Salt Lake Supercrosses and asked if I was going to be out there, but I don't do Supercross anymore, so. <laughs> uh, but I was, like, that was always on my list of things to do. It would be sweet if I was coming through here, if, like, Nitro was back here for World Games. Um, obviously, that got canceled with COVID, but uh, I was going to try to make it happen, so if we were coming back from Kansas, figured, why not pit stop? Appreciate it. You guys are just driving back from Kansas now. Yeah, they put that out that fast, dude. That fast. So I've been there. I left California September seventeenth, and I drove to St. George, and I went to a pit bike race in St. George, and went to some of the old rampage zones, and went and rode around on our one tens and stuff, and then went straight from there to Kansas, and then I was in Kansas from the twenty first until Sunday. We left it. 4 p.m. So, yeah, I've been gone that long. But each, like you said, they put the the, content out so quickly. They had a production trailer there, and they had three editors editing the whole time. On the fly. On the fly. So these guys that were – there was Signature Series Day. There was, like, 13 cameras or something. So they were coming in and just, like, 
just dropping the footage, going back out, dropping the footage, going back out, and these dudes are just all day, all night. So, mad respect to those guys. Like, they give an air horn. Definitely, they they were the MVPs. They were tirelessly like an editing twenty four seven sleep a night, just filming, editing. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So we basically. Yeah, we got there, and the guys came in, and then the, the next day, like, they had the first impressions video up and, like, the build part of the, the, the video, and then slowly led into three three episodes of, of leading into contest day. So <clears throat> I know a lot of people were wondering, like, they saw more riding in the first two videos of practice, and they didn't show a ton of the contest in the third episode. So just so everyone knows, they're airing a Red Bull Signature Series full contest runs hour-long TV show on Fox coming out in mid-November. So you'll be able to see the whole contest day, and then basically those three episodes were like a BTS, like behind the scenes of how it was made and what we're doing and those sessions that we have during practice and stuff, and then, yeah, leading into the Signature Series show. So pretty stoked on all the content to come. What what's next for uh, TB these days? Oh man! So <laughs> when I was there, like we stayed for a few days to decompress. I uh, I got my first deer hunting with Adam, the guy. He's a amazing dude, ex uh, major league baseball player. He was in the video. I saw. Yeah, him, yeah. Adam's legend. He's kind of tied in with all kinds of stuff. He does a foundation for um, human trafficking program that he like does sting operations and stuff for. So he's. Really, really good dude. Town sheriff, like, dude is badass. But uh, got a deer, and then the next day took me out, and uh, I got a thousand yard shot with a three oh eight sniper, and then a three thirty eight at a thousand yards. So Holy shit! I'm pretty pumped on that. So I'm home for two or a week and a half. Next Thursday, I fly to Kentucky for a pit bike race with the Nitro crew and Pastrana and a bunch of these guys. And Ryan Sipes, and then I fly home. I'm home for another week, and then I think I'm going back to Kansas to uh, do a hunting trip with a bunch of military guys and and Adam and stuff. So that should be cool. And then as soon as I'm done with that, fly straight back and go to a day in the dirt for uh, the Red Bull Day in the Dirt there in Glen Helen. So, yeah, pretty stacked up. Sounds like a fun schedule. Yeah, Yeah. it's super fun. Kind of break it up with shooting some guns and being American. (laughs) <laughs> well, and then you're gonna come up with another project to pitch and keep keep it I've, going huh i definitely yeah th- it's cool that this one went so well i think we'll hopefully be able to keep this one going but i do have some some stuff wrapped up in my head that i really want to make happen so nice some stuff that i really want to involve involve snowboarding too which is really cool so that would be i sick. won't say too much yeah but yeah all right well, we got big things coming from TB. Uh, I think we did it, man. You got anyone else you want to thank before we wrap out? Um, man, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, for thanks for me. coming. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, and hopefully, I want to come out for winter and I want to get a day snowboarding oh, with we're you gonna, guys. So. We're gonna teach you backflips. Also, Perfect. that's one thing we got to do because if you're. Maybe it's hard to learn at the resort, but if we take you to the side country yep. or up to the cabin, we'll build you just a perfect little jump. Yep. And it's just, it's hard to, it'll be hard to not do one, yeah, actually. Sure. Yeah, actually, and the powder, too. You yeah. Can, you can land on your head. You don't have to worry about yeah. breaking both your femurs yeah. 17 yeah, more sure. times. <laughs> um, yeah, I just want to say thanks to you guys, and thanks for everyone listening. Hope uh, hope you enjoyed, and hope I made you all want to go buy a dirt bike, because it's damn fun. Couldn't agree more. We appreciate you guys listening, and we will see you next week. Peace. Peace.
All right, we really hope that you guys enjoyed that conversation with Tyler Bierman. If you don't follow him on Instagram, check out his page. He's always got the craziest whips. Before we get out of here, I want to talk to you guys about our Patreon. We are a podcast that is funded by the people. So on there, we got all kinds of exclusive content. We got a Patreon exclusive interview with Tyler Bierman this week. And mainly, it really just helps us fund the show. If you're interested in checking out our Patreon, you got two options. You can go to bombhole.com. We got a link. Or you can just go to Patreon directly at patreon.com slash thebombhole. There you'll be able to find everything you need to sign up. And if you already signed up, thank you. We're working hard every week, cranking out episodes. Hope you guys are enjoying these. We appreciate you, and we will see you next week. Later.